Hello and welcome to the Carolina Snowflakes podcast, where two Southerners come to terms with their liberal snowflake tendencies. We're your hosts. I'm Amanda. And I'm Jason. And we are here with this week's episode of the Carolina Snowflakes podcast. We're calling this one Dissecting the Dark Web. Ooh. Which, on top of being an alliteration, is a very intriguing title. Very. It certainly gets me interested. So, to start off, I'd say, let's say you're in one of these following positions. I have a few scenarios, and and let's just imagine you're in one of these scenarios. Let's say you're a government spy, and you're in a foreign country, and you want to share the information that you've gathered with your home country. Can't really just Gmail it, you know. It's 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 a problem. It could be a real problem. Right. Okay. Well, let's. Well, uh, you could send a smoke signal, but <laughs> yeah, it probably wouldn't reach far enough. Yeah, it's going to be a tricky thing to figure out. Let's say you have hemorrhoids and you want to look up treatments for your hemorrhoids, but you don't want to spend the rest of your life being advertised hemorrhoid cream on everything <laughs> that you own. This is a struggle I currently deal with. Yeah, I mean... I got hemorrhoid cream on all my screens. Right, uh, you know, because you know how it is nowadays. Like, you Google or I know. look for anything. And you it, look like, up any product and you'll, it f- you'll see it forever. Uh-huh. Let's say you're living in China and you want to research Tiananmen Square. Um, that might be a difficult... That isn't going to happen because mm-hmm. you can't do that let's say you like drugs and you want to buy drugs but you want to make sure that the drugs are safe and that they are what they say they are and that they're not sold by cartels that they're cartel free well you're also are supposed to be staying at home right now mm-hmm. so you can't go run down to the corner to get your drugs right so that's that could be a problem <laughs> let's say you're a celebrity or a domestic abuse victim and you have one or more stalkers that are bothering you and hacking your email and stuff and you want to maybe Try to figure out a way out of the situation that you're in. And do so without everyone knowing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're uh, making a film for a big movie studio and you like really want to keep it hush-hush, but you want everybody to be able to work on the project. That's going to be a tough thing to do. It's hard to get a lot of people to keep secrets, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's say you live in Syria and you're a gay teenager and you want to learn about the gay community and what your rights should be. Um, and <laughs> you have Syrian internet, and you don't really want to get murdered for asking questions right, about being gay. Right, you don't want to be gay. beheaded and stoned to mm-hmm. death. Let's say you're a woman, and you're publishing an anonymous blog where you speak about your sex life to increase messaging of sex positivity for women, but you don't want to give up your career, so you you want to be anonymous on this blog, mm-hmm. but you want to encourage sex positivity for women. Okay. Now, all of those situations are vastly different. You could see how they're, they seem unrelated, but a solution to all of those would be the dark web. And in Ooh. fact... Those are all scenarios that people have used the dark web for. Okay. So I wasn't just pulling those out of of nowhere. Those are all things people actually use the dark web for. Neat. Yeah, um, which I think is pretty interesting. And I think there's a lot of... People don't know a lot about the dark web because the media covers it very inaccurately and poorly. So I figured to start this whole thing off, I would ask you what you know about the dark web. Um, I know that... The dark web is the fruit of the government. Yeah. Um, and that's about it. I've never okay. seen it or been on the dark web. Um, I just kind of know that it has origins with the United States government. That's interesting. A lot of people don't even know that. You probably only know that from me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I know a whole lot about the dark web. I've spent mm. some time looking at it and w- watching videos about it and reading about it and 
I think it's a really fascinating thing because there's so little information and what information is out there is all like mysterious and there's a lot of bullshit on the internet, like mystery dark web boxes right. and all that crap. Well, wasn't that the those commercials we used to see all the time for mm-hmm. protecting your identity? Yes, from the dark web from where the getting, hackers are. Yeah, getting mm-hmm. shared out on the dark web. Right, and that scares people, so... I think to start off, I got to define what the dark web is. I think that would be a good way. Yeah. So you can think about the internet as being divided up into three different parts. The The first part is called the surface web. That's about 4% of the internet. And that's everything you can Google, basically. The definition of that is everything you can Google. So if you can Google it and get to that website... That's called the surface web. And that's probably where people like me spend the majority of our time. Like Usually, yeah. If, you, like, if you're using Google Chrome. Or the majority of people probably spend their time there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where Facebook and Twitter. Yes. And- Actually, well, you're, that's what I was getting ready to get into. Um, that's, that's about 4% of the internet. Now, the deep web would be 90% of the internet. That's most of the internet. Oh, that's okay. everything that you can't Google. So that's like uh, your bank account page. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was getting ready to say your Facebook is technically on the deep web because I can't Google and get to your Facebook page. You had to log in to get to it. Uh That means it's deep web. Oh, okay. So it's not indexed by search engines is what the technical definition is. Um, Okay. But that's not dark web, dark web. No, that's, that's the deep web. Okay. So the deep web is everything that's not on the surface. It's, it's your bank accounts where you log into your bank account. It's encrypted chats. It's, um, your personal uh, email page, like the home Gmail page is surface web, but your individual Gmail oh, like is getting into your inbox is deep web because you can't Google to get there. Right. Mm-hmm. I couldn't sit down and be like, mm-hmm. Jason's email right. and then go read your email. Exactly. So that's oh. considered to be deep web. That's 90% of the internet. Okay. Now, so you had 4% is the surface web. 90% is the deep web. Well, there's another 6%. That's the dark web. That 6% is encrypted secret websites that you can't get to without using special software. Oh, so I can't just pull up my my Google Chrome and... And get there, no. And type in the website and go to it? Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's about 6% of the internet, which I think is fascinating. So it's more than the surface web. Interesting, Mm -hmm. yeah. Huh, okay. Yeah, so there's more sites on the dark web than what you can Google. Okay. To give you an idea of size, which is crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all encrypted, so the, it, you have to use special software to get in it. And you might say, okay, well, so it's it seems separate, right? And it is. It, it The dark web wasn't always there. Mm-hmm. Um, the dark web was actually created by the government. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. As a way for their spies to be able to communicate. That was yeah, pretty they're much like top intelligence the original thing. Mm-hmm. Um it was developed in 1994 by the United States Naval Research Lab, which is the same company that invented GPS. Mm-hmm. So if you use GPS, you realize that the government invented GPS and then they started using it. And then the technology came up to track GPS. So our foreign enemies could see us using GPS. And when that happened, the government was like, what we need to do is give GPS to the public. Mm-hmm. Because if the public has it, and there's signals everywhere, then our foreign enemies can't use it to pinpoint oh, us. Oh, okay. So like overwhelming their the sensors. Exactly. Because <laughs> we're all like, come on, Jeepus, take us to the Exactly. Store. So if only the military is using Jeepus, then you then if you're the, the enemy of 
of the United States. You can use it to track what the United States is doing. But if we're all using GPS, right? They can't. The same principle applies to the dark web. So they realized that if they wanted to create a way to secretly talk to each other, they had to give it to everyone. Because if it was only them using it, then spies know that it's a government official, and so therefore it is official, and they will go hack it. Huh? But if you let everyone use it. There's too much white noise for the hackers to find the spies. That was the whole idea. Okay, interesting. Mm -hmm. It's very similar to GPS. It's military technology then that became practical to give to civilians. Right, because mm -hmm. it helped keep yep. real intelligence protected. Right. And the way they went about creating this sort of, you can think of it like an anonymity cloak, is they used a process called onion routing that basically takes your router and encrypts it like, a thousand times like layers like an onion layers of encryption and it moves from one server to another and at each stop it gets one layer of encryption peeled off so no one server knows anything except how to peel a single layer and it bounces all over the world so when you so our router like the little box mm -hmm. so when i when i send you a message it's going to put a ton of encryption on that and the encryption is going to be so complicated it's got to go all around the world and hit a thousand different routers to be able to be translated. Oh. And which means if a person wanted to hack it, it would take a thousand years. Like there's so okay. much math. Hmm. And that's the principle of how it worked. That's why they called it Tor or the Onion Router. That was the name of the Tor software. Tor stands for the Onion Router. The Onion Router. Oh. And you can think of it like an onion of encryption, a big ball of, of math surrounding your message. Okay. That keeps it special and secret. And that's what's happening when you're on the dark web. The, exactly. Everything you're doing is being encrypted like that and sent all over the world so no one can pinpoint your IP or who you could possibly be. Um, even your ISP isn't going to know who you are. So if you get... Um, service through Comcast or whatever Verizon, they won't even know. It'll look like you're coming from Australia or something. Oh, okay. It's it's pretty cool. In 2002, the Navy gave that technology and put made it public, made Tor public, something that you could download. Initially, it was a part of Firefox, if you're familiar with the Firefox yeah, browser. Uh -huh. It was originally a Firefox extension that the oh, Navy so, put like, out. If you downloaded Firefox, you could get your... You could add the Tor extension and use it to, to browse. go dark webbing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Huh. Yeah, and um the government sort of subsidizes it. It's it's actually paid for. I mean, at one time it was almost 90%. Now it's more like 60% funded by the United States government. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And it's really fascinating that you have other branches of the United States government that are fighting the child porn and bad things that are on the dark web, drugs. Uh -huh. um, and then you have another branch of the government that's paying for the dark web. Right. They're kind of, there's a sort of hilarity of, you know, bureaucracy that's uh -huh. happening here where I don't know how to, it's so United States is what it's it is. It's very America right there. <laughs> yeah. Yes. One branch of the government is paying to fight they're fighting another. the crimes that mm -hmm. are occurring on this other thing that they are paying for mm -hmm. to exist. Right. America. America. <laughs> but, you know, there are some good and bad sides to Tor or in this technology to the dark web. And I'm just going to list a few so you can get an idea. The good things are privacy and security. So if you're a privacy security person, you know, you're working on a secret project, like some of the things I listed at the beginning, you could see that being useful. Not th Them not knowing who you were on the internet. Mm -hmm. You can avoid advertising. You can avoid the public if you're a celebrity. If you're a hacktivist or a climate activist and you want to talk to other climate activists, it's a good place. Mm -hmm. um, uh, 
It gives access to the internet to people in countries where they don't have access. Right, like the China, mm-hmm. Tiananmen Square. It, it allows whistleblowers to trade information. That's primarily what the dark web is used for. Um, if I had to guess, the main positive thing that comes out of it is major corporations getting whistleblown and we all find out the dirty deeds that they're all doing. And that's all made possible because somebody can access the internet anonymously and post that information. Mm-hmm. If it would be traced back to them, they would never do it. There's still independent websites on the dark web. So if you remember the way the internet used to be, uh-huh. where there weren't everything wasn't professional and anyone could just be creative and use HTML to yeah. make their own goofy looking <laughs> MySpace page. Remember what this called like the the geo sites? Geo sites, yes. Yeah, and you would like go to somebody's like go check out my website, mm-hmm. and you pull it up, and it's just just horrible. It's just this terrible music playing yep. and streamers and flashy you know stars and it was terrible awful and font like or like yellow font uh-huh. on a white background but it was creative and open which is cool mm-hmm. that still exists on the dark web so you can just make a dark website however you want to so it looks a lot like the way the internet used to look which is if anything nostalgic and also kind of creative uh-huh okay there's not so many borders if you want to create an independent website and you don't want to pay any money the dark web's a way to do it There's conflict-free drugs for sale, which is cool. If you want to get drugs, but you don't want to be part of a Mexican cartel, you can can actually do it, which is pretty cool. (laughs) Um, And then scientists use it. That was actually the original, sort of tied in with spies, the original idea was that colleges uh, and science researchers would need to keep their data secure. So it was, colleges use the dark net all the time to share data across the country for, for science reasons that needs to be secure and private. Yeah, because they don't want other colleges to, exactly. get, to get their, yeah, their, their information, su- their sweet, steal it sweet from data. them and be like, no, so you know, it's mine. Those are some of the positive uses. Now, this is the bad side. There are some negative things to the dark web. Yeah, I mean, generally when I think of the dark web, I think of bad. I know. I've just been trying to leave this whole time with all the positive <laughs> stuff because I'm going to get into the, to the, the darkness of the dark web but i wanted to get all that out there so people would understand why it exists Mm -hmm. because i mean it's not only for these bad things but there are there are bad things and those would be uh hacks so you can just buy hacks off of the dark web like viruses oh or if i want to hack you and i don't know how to hack like i can just pay a hacker you just go to the dark web Mm -hmm. and be like excuse me yeah Hacker. Yeah, I will. Yeah, hack this person for me. Yeah, you can totally do that. If you want a digital denial of service uh, attacks, DDoS attacks, oh, uh-huh. you can pay for those on the dark web. So if you want to shut down Amazon for some reason, you know, you right, my package mm-hmm. was late. You want to buy stolen credit cards? You want to get links to open webcams? Um, oh, that's creepy. Yeah, if you want to uh, hire a hitman. Although most of those are probably bullshit, but there's a lot of those on the they dark They allege web. that you can find yeah. them there. You can buy guns. You can buy stolen items. You can buy drugs. You can buy human organs. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of gore and violence and porn. Um, there's identity theft, money laundering, fake passports, and other kind of negative hidden services that are available there mm-hmm. because, well, it's in, it's free. It's, it's kind of like we dealt with in our QAnon and our 4chan and... Uh, the place is open, which means of on top of all that positive stuff, there's also a shitload of bad stuff. Because, right. Interesting. Because people can. So what do dark websites tend to look like? They tend to look like old internet because no one, oh, yeah. most of the people that are hosting them aren't professional website makers. So 
it looks kind of like GeoCities. Like old school mm-hmm. forums and yeah. where everything's just very simple. Very basic. Mm-hmm. And the websites on the dark web do not have names. So then the names of the websites are randomly generated letters and numbers. Mm-hmm. So you can't just remember the name of the website. You have oh, to find links okay. to get there. And they also end in .onion. So instead of .com or .org, mm-hmm. hidden websites are .onion. Okay. And they're only accessible on tour. So, but how do you find them? Well, on the surface web, you can find links. So if you Google dark web links, you can find forums that will give you links to dark web forums. And then mm-hmm. those give you links to other ones. It's a spiral. Yeah. It's a stairway you got to go down. So what you do is like copy from mm-hmm. Google and it, then paste it into mm-hmm. your dark web browser. Correct. And some of the biggest, most popular ones are known. So the hidden wiki is like the Wikipedia of dot onions. And from there, it will pretty much link you to categories of all different kinds of websites and once you click one you can find links to others it's a it's like a um it's like a like a, a rolodex kinda? yeah kind of yeah it's like it's like the way the internet used to be if you remember you had to you, you didn't know websites you had to find them from reading on other websites you know mm-hmm. um some of these are buried pretty deep so well, you're going to have to talk to people to get them how would i if i was a dark web website owner selling my wares mm mm-hmm. And I wanted people to find me mm-hmm. to buy my stuff. How would I get them to me? Usually what they do in that scenario, and I'm going to uh, talk about a guy who did just this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would make anonymous profiles on the surface web, on Facebook and things like that. And be like, hey, I found this cool website that sells these things on the dark web. Here's mm-hmm. the link. So you would. But you would you would then copy that link and paste it into like your your browser for the dark web. You wouldn't just click it and go. Yeah, right. If you clicked it on the regular web, it wouldn't go anywhere. You wouldn't go anywhere. Right. Interesting. But if you posted that in the right forums, like in the right places on the surface web, then people would. That's how they would find it. Now you say that there's no advertising on the dark web, but not really. Could you advertise? Um, I mean, you can't track people. So the whole like how Google always knows everything. Right. Mm. So you can't, if everyone's always anonymous, you don't, what could you advertise to them? Right. Besides porn, there's nothing that's universal. Well, and also I was thinking more of the advertiser side of things where you wouldn't be able to look at your numbers and determine who saw what. Exactly. You wouldn't know anything. Hmm. Okay. So there's no, like, there's no real reward for trying to advertise there, which means it's kind of free of advertising, which means it's kind of like heaven. So when you go to the dark web and it's like, what does it look like on the main screen? Because when I think of going to the internet, I think of pulling up Google. Well, if you pull up Tor, you end up looking at a website that looks just like Google. Mm-hmm. And you can actually go to Google. You can even log into your Facebook from Tor. I wouldn't advise it because it breaks the service agreement with oh. Facebook. Oh, so you can access like normal web yes. stuff. You can access every normal website. And oh. a lot, actually, the majority, they've done surveys. The majority of people that use Tor don't even ever go to any dot onion sites. They're just doing it to be like extra cautious. To be anonymous. Identity. Another example I could give you is if I wanted to buy you a present. Like, let's say we were going to get engaged and I wanted to buy you a wedding ring mm-hmm. and I didn't want you to know about it, but we have, you know, the same computer and stuff like that. It might be useful for me to use Tor to research and buy that wedding ring so that you don't so that we don't get bombarded with wedding ring advertisements and clue you in that that's what I'm right doing. I've actually used the Tor for that exact reason. 
did you buy me an engagement ring? Yeah, I, oh, <laughs> a while back I did, and that, I, that was I used tours so that you wouldn't see the ads. Yeah, but I already knew it was coming because you were acting weird. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But <laughs> the point being, that was that was a useful reason, right? No, that's a completely valid reason because I, I I worry all the time when I'm like christmas shopping exactly. or birthday shopping online for you i'm like he's gonna he's because our our Amazon's. amazon accounts are linked uh-huh. and i'm just like he's gonna log on and see that i've been looking at this and know that he's getting something for exactly like know what you're getting for your birthday that's for the christmas. M- most practical reason i could have to just tell you why you would want to use tour just once a year to go shopping for christmas yeah but then what about like your payment information well, that's well. I would I used it for all the research, right? Like, yeah. I did all the research and everything. So then, once I knew exactly what I wanted, it was a one click thing, and I just bought it real quick on my regular okay. account. Because it because I don't mind it knowing that I bought the ring, but what I don't want it knowing is that I've been looking at rings for months. Because if the algorithm knows you've been looking at rings for months, it's gonna think you love rings, and that's your favorite <laughs> fucking be thing. Like, hey, look at these exactly. rings. Aren't they nice? And you're gonna be like, no. So I find a lot of people use it more like that. So you're not buying the thing with Tor, but you're doing all your research like for your, something. Your window shopping. Exactly. Mm, okay. Because a lot of us don't want to be harassed while we're window shopping. I think no. that's a pretty common thing. And I mm. feel like a lot of us feel that way on the internet right now. If you're on the internet, does it not feel like you're constantly having the sales associate walk up to you and be like, hey, you like this thing? You're also going to like this. <laughs> no, it's not even the sales associate. What happens is you go into one store and you look at a thing, you're window shopping or whatever, and then three stores later, the sales associate associate from the way back there store pops up mm-hmm. <laughs> from behind the kiosk. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, hey, yeah. remember that thing you were looking at 45 minutes ago? Uh-huh. You hovered on it for three and a half seconds. I know you really thought about it. <laughs> Here it is again. Right. That shit's annoying to me, and it's yeah, annoying it to a lot of people, and you can avoid it this way. So, okay. And that's actually what most people use it for. Hmm. So it looks like any other internet. The thing is, it just you can get to these extra places. Hmm. Okay. And they end in dot .onion. Cool. Yeah. Um. Any other questions about like how the dark web works? Yeah, the money side. Yeah, you use Bitcoin. You may be familiar with Bitcoin. Yeah, I've like heard of it. It's called a cryptocurrency. It's basically a way you can buy money that you can spend pretty close to anonymously. Okay. And then another thing is escrow accounts. You may have heard the term escrow. Mm -hmm. An escrow is an account that the company opens and it's like, let's say it has $100 million in it. And if I want to buy a product from you, I put money into that escrow. You ship me the product. Once I receive the product and verify that I got it, the money is released to you. So that's a way for me to transfer money to you without directly giving it to you and to ensure that I receive the product without me having to know who you are. And is that, is it money cash or is it Bitcoin? Well, the escrow accounts can be done with cash. So you can, a lot of the companies that sell things on the dark web have escrow accounts that just look like regular bank accounts. So if I can just use my debit card and put $100 in there. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Because I was wondering, like, if you're a newbie and you've never been to the dark web, but you Mm want to go there to buy some stuff. Right. And you don't know how Bitcoin works. Like, then, what do you do? Then you have to find a, a site that uses escrow. Or, I mean, there's a lot of tutorials. You can find out how to use Bitcoin. I could teach you in 30 Is minutes. Is it like you go, like when you're traveling abroad and you have to get like, you know, the currency change out? 
Kind of. I mean, in like, let's say you live in New York City. There are ATMs where you can put in cash and it will give you Bitcoin. Oh, really? Yes. I'm sure that's not something that's around here. Though. No, it's not. <laughs> like, but there not are the sticks. there are exchanges on the internet. Like I said, I could. It's not that hard of a thing. If you Google it, you can figure out how to buy Bitcoin. It's not and that. What hard. is a Bitcoin? Is it? It's like it's a code, right? Yeah, that's a really complicated thing. But all you need to know is it's a really, really long, complicated code that only you know the password to. And if you have it, you can spend that money. And if you don't, you can't. So if something you go on the dark web to buy is $10 mm-hmm. and you've got $30 worth of Bitcoin, mm-hmm. who keeps track of your account? Like how much Bitcoin you have and then you... That's where it gets complicated. So it's called blockchain technology. You may have heard that word. It's kind of buzzword in tech right now. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what that means is it's basically called open ledger and everyone keeps track of it. So every computer that accesses the Bitcoin wallet has the Bitcoin registry on it, and it constantly updates. It's very complicated. Suffice it to say that everyone can see the patterns, but you have to be able to read it, the math, and it's very complicated to know how it all works. But it does it for you, essentially. Yes, it does it for you. So you go buy that thing that was 10 Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. It knows somehow in your account that you've got 20 left. Exactly. Okay. It knows, and everyone knows. Anyone could look it up and see it, but the thing is, it's all randomized and crazy and anonymous, so... So they won't know that it's yours, exactly. exactly just but they can looking. see $10 went from this Bitcoin wallet to this Bitcoin wallet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, as far as... You mentioned, like, um, the dark wiki. Mm-hmm. The hidden wiki. H- hidden wiki. Mm-hmm. So is it like Wikipedia? It's basically like Wikipedia, but... It's just mostly links. So imagine so it's if, pointing you to Yeah, imagine if Wikipedia was like it's categorizing sections like, hey, you want drugs? Here's a list of links that go to drug marketplaces. Hey, you want um a hitman? Here's a list of links that go to hitman places. Kind of like a search engine and Or a phone book. Yeah. Kind of huh. like a phone book. And the dark web, now they do have indexes where you can search, but not all dark websites use utilize them and there are several different ones. Uh-huh. It's very it's very complicated, kind of techie to explain, but there so, are sort of search engines. What about um, like opposite websites to what you see on the surface? Yeah. So the some of the big ones um, that people go to, ProPublica, for example, you can go to the regular ProPublica website if you're not familiar. They're a big news organ news organization. Um, if you go to ProPublica, like. Dot onion, I think that's what you type in. I'm not exactly sure. You have to click a link. There you will see a different version where it has a Dropbox where you can anonymously send info to ProPublica. So if you wanted to like leak information or you had documents, you can send it to them anonymously. The FBI and the CIA have Dot onion websites where it looks just like the regular website except it has Dropboxes for you to give anonymous information. And a lot of it is set up for abuse victims. So if you're a a woman who's being abused by her husband, you can use Tor and there are resources for you to communicate with law enforcement and have, even if he's hacked your computer and theoretically is is like logging your uh, phone, mm-hmm. you can get there anonymously without him knowing and talk to the police, which is very cool. Oh yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. What about, is there a dark Facebook? Yes, actually, that, that leads me right into this. I, this is perfect. Here's some interesting websites that they have. The first one I have here is uh, Dark Twitter and Dark Facebook. Oh. It's, the Dark Facebook is actually called Black Book. 
and the dark Twitter is just called dark Twitter. And they're just basically, of it's just like Facebook. It looks a little different, but it's basically Facebook, except you can be anonymous. Like, you don't have to put any of your actual shit in it. Is uh, Zuckerberg in charge of that one? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. That's okay. the thing. These are all owned. You don't know who owns them. That's the thing. Huh. Mm-hmm. Have you gone, did you, did you set up a, a dark Facebook account? Uh, no, I did not. Um, I haven't spent a whole lot of time on the dark web because it's kind of a dangerous thing to do if you don't know what you're doing. Oh. So um, I primarily watch others <laughs> who know what they're doing uh, using uh, separate virtual computers that are isolated so that they can't get hacked. I'm essentially, I don't spend a lot of time there because I don't want to get hacked. Um, so you go on the dark web. Mm-hmm. And you're not anonymous because well, you, they can hack you? Well, you start, no, well, you start clicking around too much and they're going to virus you. And then from that, they can hack you, yes. Oh, okay. So it's not that, you're still anonymous, but if they virus your computer, then <laughs> it doesn't matter. You're not anonymous anymore. But why would they virus your computer? If to be just, able to hack you. If you're just looking at Facebook on the dark web. They probably wouldn't on that oh, website. Oh, okay. You're probably safe if that's the one you go to, but yeah. I had no reason to go there. Oh. But generally speaking, I mostly watch other people go there who know what they're doing. Plus, I don't want to click a link to something and have it open something that I don't want to see. Mm-hmm. And it's nice when you're watching videos of other people doing it because they're going to tell you if some crazy shit that you don't want to see is about to pop up, mm, Okay. which is helpful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So here's a here's a list. So there's a human leather store where you can buy human leather products. Gross. On the dark web. What? Yeah. Is it real? That's the question. It's probably not. It's probably a scam. You know what well, I mean? That's it's so weird. It's okay. most likely a scam, but it's the kind of thing you would see on the dark web. It's very dark web. You, they don't have the actual prices. You have to contact with, with them. They have limited supply. Yeah, you're probably contacting an officer who's like, you're sick. That's possible. <laughs> and you're under arrest. That's possible. There is a hire a hacker. There's tons of these where, I mean, you can pay $900 and get a month worth of digital denial of service. So if I wanted to say, like... There was a company I was mad at. Mm-hmm. $900, I could have a hacker hit that company for a month just wrecking their internet. Wow, okay. Yeah. But that not good. person could also do the same thing to you. Exactly, yeah. And is there honor among thieves? There's a lot uh, of questions. I don't know. Yeah, there's, uh, this one's gross. There's human experiments websites. Uh, those are not good. <laughs> like where people do stuff? Yeah, experiments on humans. Ew, yeah. okay. Um. Now, ProPublica, BBC, and the CIA all have mirrors on the dark web for censored countries. So if you, say, live in Syria and you want to look up something about from the BBC, like that's blocked in Syria, but you can get there on tour. So that's pretty cool. There's a deep web radio, uh, which is just what it sounds like. It's pretty cool. They use sounds from the, like found sounds from the internet to compose these pretty cool things. And people... Listen to the deep web radio while they browse. It's okay. It's real techy and nerdy, but it's pretty cool. Um, have you ever heard of urban exploring? The thing where yes. people go look in like places they're not really supposed they're like to be. Abandoned buildings. Abandoned and buildings and mm-hmm. like sewer tunnels and all that stuff. There's a ton of that on the dark web because technically urban exploring is trespassing. Most places it's pretty illegal. Yeah. Right. So there's tons and tons of urban exploring websites on the dark web where you can see people snuck into secret places in the Hoover Dam and okay. secret tunnels below Manhattan that no well, one's ever seen. Well, now you make it sound enticing. I you know. You see that stuff, but then you say don't do it because you might get hacked. Yeah. Well, I would say watch other people do it. Oh, okay. Well, how do I do that? YouTube. Oh. Does YouTube have a dark web equivalent? Yeah. Yeah. 
I wouldn't go there. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wasn't gonna mention that one. Don't go there. Okay. It's pretty bad. It's mostly just racism and violence. Oh, okay. Um, oh. I wouldn't go there. But yeah, there's tons of YouTube web surfing, uh, deep web surfing videos that are so pretty good. So what you're saying is, if you're curious, that's how I would go recommend. to YouTube mm-hmm. on like the the light side of things uh-huh. and watch other people. Yes. Go to these sites on the dark web. I would not advocate going there yourself. Okay. At all. Okay. But it's entertaining watching others, and I like knowing about it. Yeah. Um. So there's that. There's uh, Tor Kittens, which is exactly what it sounds like. It was a little app you could put on Tor where as you're browsing, pictures of people's anonymous people's kittens popped up. <laughs> people loved it. It's now defunct. It doesn't even but... matter what part of the internet oh, yeah. you're on. People love cats. Tor Kittens. And then there's Anonymous Chess, which I think is really cool. If you want to play chess anonymously with people, there's a place for you to do that. Huh, okay. Yeah. Which I think, you know, it's pretty neat. And I think a good way to illustrate the dark web would be to tell a story. Okay. <laughs> this is the story of Silk Road. Just for note's sake, I got this information from a book called American Kingpin by Nick Bilton. It's an excellent, excellent book. Fantastic. Really well done. And it's about a guy. His name was Ross Ulbricht. It's a weird last name. It's like Swedish or something. <laughs> he was born in Austin, Texas in 1984, and he went to college for crystallography. <laughs> okay. Yeah, which... I guess Apparently it's like making is... crystals with laser beams and shit. Oh, okay. Yeah, like growing crystals, some kind of... Spe- he scored 1460 on his SATs. Okay, so he's a smart guy. And he smoked a shitload of pot. Huh, like okay. he was a stoner. But it still scored 1460 on his SATs. So you kind of get an idea of what type of dude that guy is. Uh-huh. Um, pretty cool dude, really smart, but erratic, let's say. Um, he got really into libertarian thought, and he kind of started to see taxation as a form of violence. Um, he started reading a lot of this libertarian ideas that like the government needs to be small and bad and stay off of us. I don't know if you knew the libertarian logo is a porcupine No. and their mascot is don't tread on anyone. (laughs) And it's a little porcupine. Okay. It's kind of cute. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But that's so them. Yeah. It's, isn't it? (laughs) Yes. Isn't it? So, um, he got, he went to Dallas to go to get his master's degree. So he went from Austin to Dallas and in 2009, he got his master's degree. Moved back to Austin and uh, sort of didn't really have anything to do. He started day trading because I guess you can't get a lot of jobs in crystallography. Yeah, he was like, what What, what the hell am I going to do with this? Right. And so he starts <laughs> kind of day trading on the internet, making a little bit of money. He had a little book company he was kind of making some money at. But that's when he discovered Bitcoin. And Bitcoin blew his mind because okay. it was anonymous money on the internet. And the libertarian things just started kicking oh, in. Yeah. Like, oh, like, yeah. This is perfect. Those libertarian genes started going. And um, <laughs> it gave him the idea, like, what if I made the Amazon of drugs? Mm, okay. Um, a one-stop like, shop for the, all your yeah, drug needs. because he realized Bitcoin would work for that. And being libertarian, that's a perfect idea. A one-stop shop for drugs. <laughs> so he started growing mushrooms. And he grew a shitload of them. Like he rented a house, grew a whole stack of mushrooms. In a whole house? Yeah. Okay. He rented like a warehouse and grew like a warehouse full of mushrooms. Okay. And built a website that looked like Amazon, called it the Amazon of Drugs, named the website Silk Road after the ancient Chinese mm-hmm. silk trading like road. Like the trade route. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And started making money. And um, That was on the dark web. Mm-hmm. So... Between 2009, now we're up to 2011, we'll say in in that two years, he built that website, grew the mushrooms, and started selling them. And by 2011, he was making money. By late 2011, he was 
he had over a hundred thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin in his Bitcoin wallet. So wow, he, yeah, he was starting to money was starting to pour in. He went to Australia to see his sister because he now he had all this money. And he went down there, and he really liked the ocean and everything, and the freedom, and his libertarian brain kept kicking. This is a theme. And uh, he decided, <laughs> maybe we should expand this, hire some more people. Maybe we could sell guns and not just drugs. Maybe we could sell oh, other shit, no. too. Oh, yeah. So he did that. He started hiring people, and he expanded their inventory to everything except for child porn, fake degrees, and stolen items. Those, okay. Those are the only those three things. Those are the only things that were off limits mm-hmm. for what could be sold on this on dark Silk web Road. Amazon. Right. No fake degrees, no child porn, and no stolen items. Everything else is okay. Rocket launchers, chemicals, <laughs> meth, everything. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Kind of uh, bad. So he stayed on the government's radar, but like... And even Chuck Schumer came out and was like, we need to shut down Silk Road. And like, but they didn't know who he was. Like he had been, he had come up with a genius idea that he should use an, a pseudonym to rule the website. And the pseudonym he chose was Dread Pirate Roberts. Okay. Now, I don't know if you've heard this name before, mm-hmm. but in the film Princess Bride, there was a, there was a character named Dread Pirate Roberts. And that pirate had died. And every time the pirate died, the, the, his first in command became the new Dread Pirate Roberts. Mm-hmm. and flew the same flag and went out. And so for generations, this Dread Pirate Roberts was different people, but it was one organization. Right. He loved that idea. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to make it seem like he wasn't the only one running Silk Road. Mm-hmm. So he chose to use the same word, Dread Pirate Roberts, and make it seem like he just inherited the website and it would move on to somebody right. else. And then as soon as he was gone, somebody else would assume that position. It was a way for him to subconsciously sort of say he wasn't responsible for it, but he mm-hmm. was. Um, <laughs> you know, it's actually pretty clever, and it's, it's a pretty good name. Yeah, that's pretty smart. He started getting mixed up in drama. More and more bigger cartels. People were like, hey, I can sell tons of cocaine and shit. And they started competing. There was a lot of drama internally, as what would always happen. And by 2012, he had had some conflicts where he had maybe hired hitmen. He'd supposedly spent $700,000 in Bitcoin hiring hitmen to try to get rid of to try to get rid of people that were causing trouble on wow. the on the website. Wow. And one of them was he didn't realize it but he was communicating with someone who worked in the government and they <laughs> sent him the fed. Yeah, the fed sent him fake photos of the dude allegedly being killed and he believed them. Oh no. And sent the money. So oh, yeah. No. Yeah, it's pretty bad. And so by October 1st 2013 they called him they called him in a library they had to it's crazy they had to get him because it's all anonymous they had to get him actively using the computer as dread pirate roberts and have him not close the laptop by the time they arrested him so they had to like spider-man sneak around him (laughs) and grab him while he was distracted they had two other federal agents pretend like they were fighting in the library to get him to stand up and look away while he was still logged in Oh, wow. And so they could bum rush him before he could close before the could laptop. Close it, and then they would, it would, know, have it been would cast doubt on who he was. It would have been encrypted forever. Okay. But since it was still open and logged in, they had it. Hmm. And as long as they didn't let the screen reset and encrypt, so they were like every two seconds moving the mouse mm-hmm. so that it didn't fall and encrypt, they could save everything. And that's how they got him. Wow. Mm-hmm. He got charged with seven counts of different things, including money laundering, hacking, conspiracy, trafficking, narcotics. Etc. He received a double life sentence. Wow. Okay. Um. Yeah. It's pretty bad. They really, they really hemmed him up pretty good. Um. There's a website, freeross.org. It is a 
booming website that's still active um trying to get him out of prison Mm -hmm. there are billboards all around the country that say free ross ulbrich there's tweets and theoretically he didn't actually hurt anyone (laughs) um right yeah yeah but there are people you know there are a lot of libertarians are on his side you know of course they are he was doing the Mm -hmm. thing that they value and pride Mm -hmm. so today freedom he's he's been in prison for over 2600 days the last thing he posted was about corona and how much it sucked and he also talked about a project that he's working on right now, theoretically using AI to remove harmful content from the surface web. So he's allowed to have computer access. No, he doesn't. So he gives it to his lawyer, says, post this on the internet so people can see what my ideas are and maybe they would work. So his lawyer posts on mm-hmm. the internet. I was on say, his behalf. I was going to say, I can't imagine they would give him no. computer access No, they don't. Prison. When I look at it, it's, it's really interesting. He has programming written out, like handwritten and like diagrams hand drawn out that he gives to his lawyer and his lawyer posts and people are like, hey, that might actually work because he's this dude's crazy smart. Mm-hmm. So he's in theory working on AI with no computer in prison. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know it's a crazy story, right? Mm. That's the that's the ins and outs of the story of Silk Road. That's what happened. But didn't Silk Road continue even it after did. he was arrested? Yeah. It did because DPR, Dread Pirate Roberts, was a name that moved. Somebody else took the name, took the website, and put it up. They shut that one down in 2017. It was called Silk Road 2.0. Silk Road 3.0 popped up. Took about a year to shut that down. Last I checked, Silk Road 4 is still up. Yeah, it just just continues. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's going to go on for forever. They can't stop it. Interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. But he's served – it's mostly the reason they want to free him is that his they feel like his sentence is kind of ridiculous. To get a double life sentence is pretty crazy. I guess, but he also is being punished for being so smart. Yeah, I think that's part of it. And for being so clever um, in manipulating the government on their own yeah. turf. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. The dark web is theirs. Yeah, and he's – just to give you an idea, he was making over $7 million a month by 2012. Yeah, that's crazy. So, Take that, Jeff Bezos. He had um the the website had made one point six seven billion dollars wow. in those three years he was running it from twenty eleven cool. to twenty thirteen. Wow. One point six seven billion. Drugs, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> and what's crazy is the competition got really stiff. So there was markets for cartel-free drugs. There was markets for legit drugs because users can write reviews. That's funny to me that like there's a market for cartel-free mm-hmm. drugs. It's like falling in the same line as like mm-hmm. free-range chicken. Yes, there <laughs> is definitely. Like I want to know that my drug uh-huh. <laughs> came from exactly a non-violent mm-hmm. <laughs> origin. Yep, and there's like organic <laughs> drugs. Like you know, I want to make sure nobody used so pesticides on my cocaine. Funny. Isn't that? Funny, it's though. hilarious, but Isn't I mean, it's where it inevitably leads to. It looks shockingly <laughs> like Amazon. And in fact, some of the features that Silk Rose used was pre-Amazon. And Amazon actually took some of the features that they liked from Silk Road oh, and yeah. incorporated it into Amazon. Like, he was actually ahead of the curve on uh, internet marketing. Interesting. I know. Okay. No, that's just that's just funny to It's me. fascinating. But w- yeah. the prices are higher. So his argument w- was... If you go on the dark web, you're paying more, but you know you're getting what you're paying for. Yeah. Because if you rip off one person, everyone knows. Yeah. You're getting what you pay for and mm-hmm. you're getting the specifications that you want to, like free mm-hmm. range. Exactly. Or pesticide free. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, or I want to make sure that, you know, th- that the heroin that I just bought wasn't 
come from the same cartel that does human trafficking because right. I'm down for heroin but not for human trafficking. <laughs> if you're draw one of those, my line. If you're there, one of man. those people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Crazy, huh? It's ridiculous. Yeah. So lastly, I have some stats, just some random statistics about the dark web that I think are interesting. Okay. So over half of the Onion Router tour is paid for by the United States government still to this day. 37 million users from Ashley Madison were dumped onto the dark web. You may have heard about that story. Right. Well, uh, But mm-hmm. that that website was not on the dark web. No, it wasn't. But when it got hacked yeah. and, they, and everyone saw all the accounts, that's where they were. Oh. So someone hacked Ashley Madison and went to the dark web and dumped all, all 37 million account user logs and everything. Passwords. Everything. <laughs> 37 million. That's where the Duggar guy got. Exactly. <laughs> caught. And you can still go to the dark web today and see. The list. The list. It's, there's mm. 37 million accounts on it. That's a lot. I know. Wow. Here's a crazy statistic. There's less child pornography on the dark web than there is on the surface web. Really? Yes. I would not have thought that. Significantly less. Actually. Why? How? Because the dark web is kind of complicated and for people that know how to use the internet and most people who are child predators don't tend to be that tech savvy. Oh, so they wouldn't even know how to exactly necessarily and use it. It's it's really interesting. I heard an interview with a lady who who works with some of these people and she was saying that she interviewed them and talked to them and about 5% of them were even aware of the dark web or that they could get their pornography there. They mostly got it from Facebook. Facebook's the number one site for child pornography. Oh, gross. Yeah, uh, because they like, most of them don't want naked pictures or anything like that. They want just regular pictures of little kids. Oh, yeah, it's it's disturbing and horrible, but statistically, there's just more on the regular web. So huh. most people don't know that. In 2013, after Snowden leaks you know, went viral. <laughs> the traffic on Tor went up 500% and has since slowly declined, but it's still higher than it when it started in 2013. So he was a catalyst for people using Tor. They were like, what did he do? Mm-hmm. Oh, let's go check that out. Um, the highest per capita usage of the dark web in the world is India. Um, I imagine from all the scammers. Yeah. And like drugs and mm-hmm. underground market selling. Mm-hmm. Only about 1% of all listings on the dark web are for firearms. Hmm. So although there are guns, it's only 1% of the things that you'll find on there. Is that similar reasoning as like the Chomo stuff that people that are trying to to sell and buy guns aren't as... Tech savvy. Right. Yeah, and it, and you can just go get a gun at a gun show. Like, yeah, you don't, especially in the U.S., you don't just go get you a exactly. gun. It don't matter. In the United States, there's no reason to get them yeah. off the dark web. So that one percent is mostly for countries, unless it's like a crazy gun that you couldn't buy in a store. Right. Exactly. Know? Yeah. So that's only about one percent. Only eight percent of listings are for illegal drugs. Okay. Um, and only about six percent of listings are for illegal financing options. Huh. Everything else that's sold is. Either miscellaneous illegal stuff or legal stuff. Um, the majority is legal stuff. What percentage is cats? Of the dark web? Mm-hmm. I, I would assume it's similar to the regular internet. And so like 20%. Like it's I crazy. It's People like love cats. 70% yeah. of the internet is cats. Um, and then just <laughs> to give you some ideas of pricing, uh, this is all just kind of hearsay. But last time I looked around, uh, you can get a bank login for about $25. Somebody else's bank login? Yeah. Not yours? Right, you can get yeah. <laughs> a bank login for about $25. Credit card details around 20 bucks. A full portfolio of a person that includes everything, all their government documents and everything is about $1200. Wow, so you could have an entire identity. Uh-huh. 
for twelve hundred bucks. Roughly. That's that. That's I, not that I like. These are just what I read on the internet. I didn't actually see these for sale. Oh, you went. You didn't go shopping. No, but this is what I saw <laughs> from people that do look around. Uh huh. Um. Uh, yeah. So I mean, that's, interesting. To get an idea of pricing. Yeah. Um. And that pretty much does uh, for all the research I have done on the dark web. That's now I know a lot more stuff. Yeah, that's but fascinating stuff. That's uh, what I had to for you guys today. I thought you know maybe I could inform some people. Yeah, that was fun dissecting. Dissecting the dark. The web. dark web. Yeah. And to t- to sum it all up, uh, I think I do have some one star reviews. Uh, for this week, which I think is pretty cool. We got some reviews. Woo, one star. Um, <laughs> my first one isn't actually a review. It's it, This is a tweet from Congressman Thomas Massey, a U.S. representative of the state of Kentucky. There was never a bad time, but now would be an excellent time for at real Donald Trump to pardon Snowden, pardon Julian Assange, and commute Ross Ulbricht's egregious double life sentence. Wow. Yeah, so there I'm you go. I'm going to assume that was, is that guy a libertarian? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, he put, he just, he was including Snowden, yeah. Julian Assange, and Ross together. But you can see there are support for that. What I meant was there are people who really support okay. him along with Assange and Snowden, mm-hmm. which I, you know, I'm kind of, the thing with the libertarians is they're kind of okay. We overlap sometimes. with them occasionally. Yeah. I kind of tend to agree with them sometimes, except that we disagree about driver's licenses. Well, we disagree with about more than just driver's license. Yeah, I saw a thing where Repu- where I'm not Republicans, uh, libertarians were arguing over driver's licenses, and the guy they were like, "Never you should you have a driver's license." And then one of the candidates said, "Like, I think maybe you should show some competency, maybe." And they were like, "Boo, <laughs> boo!" They like booed him off the stage <laughs> yeah. for saying you they should were have like, a driver's license. Get out of license. here with your fake libertarian self. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So this one is an actual one-star review. It's for a book called Tor and the Art of Anonymity. Mm-hmm. It's an ebook you can get for $6. Mm-hmm. And this kind of leads to what you were talking about. I didn't understand a tenth of it. It has something to do with outfoxing the NSA by creating multiple aliases. If you read, understand, and try any of this, expect someone with a badge knocking at your door. Mm-hmm. So that kind of goes, yeah, don't try this at home, kids. Uh, do you do you have one? Interestingly, I also have a one star review for Tor and the Dark Art of Anonymity. Nice, a book by Lance Henderson. Hell yeah! This one is from John Garfit, and he said this book was excruciatingly painful to read. <laughs> the author doesn't seem to be able to form sentences, which makes connecting the dots difficult and reading a chore. The reader is faced with unresolved ambiguity and lack of clarity at every turn. It's like reading the work of a 10-year-old, not to be too hard on 10-year-olds. Oh, burn. The author may know what he is intending to say, but utterly fails to convey it. The beginner will not find this book informative, and those further along will be bored by it. Advice to the author. Lose your cocky attitude and learn how to write. Ooh, Jesus. God, that that hurt. Yeah. That hurt me, and yeah, I didn't even write the book. That was rough. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah. Well, this one's kind of close, so I have a book for uh, a review for The Revolution, a manifesto by Ron Paul. <laughs> Speaking of libertarians. <laughs> yeah. So um, William R. Graham gives it one star and says, Drugs, prostitution for everyone. Yeah, this is actually a good read for all the zombie minions who blindly follow their libertarian leader. Let's legalize drugs and prostitution. Let's not have fences. Hookers and blow. (laughs) Yeah. Let's not have fences on our borders. Everyone has a right to be here. Let's let Iran blow up Israel and start another holocaust in the Middle East. 
that would make for the perfect u- utopia. Get out of here, you pop tarts. Which <laughs> is hilarious that he called us pop tarts or libertarians pop tarts. I think. Um, and I also think it's funny that he says drugs and prostitution for everyone. I like that when libertarians say that drugs should be legal, that that translates to everyone has to use drugs. I don't think I've ever translated it to mean that. Some people do. Same Clearly thing. that guy did. Yeah, and prostitutes too. Yeah, Which, no. by the way, I kind of agree that drugs and prostitution should be legal. But I'm not a libertarian. I'm not a libertarian either. And I gen- like I said, we overlap a lot with them mm-hmm. when it comes to especially social issues. Yeah. But then they But then say, they go off the deep end. They say crazy things like we should completely get rid of the fire department. <laughs> yeah. Like we're all like defund the police and they're like defund the fire department. Yeah, and I'm like no. No, wait. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yep. I know. It's weird. I have a love-hate relationship with them. I really do. I find them comical because half the stuff they believe is so ridiculous. Mhm. And otherworldly. Yeah, but like, then when it comes to gay rights, they're like totally on point. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, and then I have a $4 book called Tour in the Deep Web. <laughs> This one's funny. This is interesting. I'm going to I'm going to put on my little tinfoil conspiracy hat for this one. <laughs> this book needs some serious yet simple editing. Every word that has the letter Q in it has spaces around it, such as request with a space beside each Q. Oh. All the way throughout the book. Hmm. Mm. I wonder if that's a mystery from QAnon. Uh, QAnon. QAnon from QAnon trying to trying to tell us something it's about Tor in the dark web. It's a message. Yeah, it's a hidden message. And that does it for the one-star reviews for this week. And before we wrap up this episode, I wanted to do a little disclaimer and say, um, all this information that I've told you about the dark web is is pretty cool and it's interesting and it's neat. And I don't blame you for being curious about it, but be careful. Um, The thing about the dark web is that you're clicking on links that you don't know where they lead. And that's always a dangerous thing. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't recommend doing it if you don't know what the hell you're doing. Right. You, there's plenty of resources out there for you to learn and to watch other people and to see what's available and to, to to sate your curiosity without making stupid decisions. And if you notice, the people that do it have a special setup and they know exactly how to get to these sites and how to not see what they don't want to see. And I would recommend not diving in until you know more than, <laughs> more than uh, your average Joe if you're going to attempt something like that. And that does this for this week's episode of the Carolina Snowflakes podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to, you know, check out some of our other content, you can find us on the web at carolinasnowflakes.com. We also have engagement. If you uh, don't want to be anonymous and you want us to know who you are, you can find us on Facebook where Zuckerberg and all his evil minions are monitoring you all the time. Facebook.com forward slash Carolina Snowflakes. And if Zuckerberg isn't the one you want to share your information with and is it instead Google, you can send us an email at Carolina Snowflakes at gmail.com. Gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.